Welcome to the final episode of season one of the brand new Voyage Care podcast. In this episode, we'll be hearing from Georgina Cooper, branch manager of Norfolk DCA and Jen Cross, field care manager. They'll be sharing how the person-centred care approach works in our supported living properties and they even throw in a story about the legendary pop star Cher. Hello, so welcome to the Voyage Care podcast. Um, I'm Georgina Cooper and I'm the branch manager for the Norfolk DCA. We cover the supported living for Norfolk. Um, I'm joined today by Jen Cross, who is with me, who I'll now let you introduce. Hello, I'm Jen Cross. I'm the field care manager of Workout of Norfolk DCA, um, and I manage about 10 uh, supported living services across Norfolk. Um, I joined Voyage 13 years ago, and I was completely new to care. So, um, as you were saying there, Jen, that you were completely new to care, did you have any idea what person-centred care was when you joined? I mean, just obviously from the title of it, you know, person-centred care is all about the individual and it's centred around what their needs, wants and wishes are. Um, but in this fact, obviously, I was completely new to care. I mean, my previous sort of like, um, sort of like career sort of like was in manufacturing, um, etc. So um, although I had worked as a volunteer sort of like in, in, in the community. So, um, but obviously since joining Voyage Care with with everything etc and stuff like that, then um, it's become quite apparent, you know, it's about listening to individuals, um, what they're wanting to do and, and sort of making that happen and enabling them like able to do it or, or supporting them, you know, to do uh, you know, what went out around their needs. Yeah, so I think um and I'm very, very much like Jen, I've been with Voyage Care for um thirteen years now. So um within the company I've seen it grow where we've gone through all of the person centered reviews, um, making sure that we actually listen um to what our guys want, um, how they want support, what their dreams are, what their aspirations are, what their goals are, um, and how we've we've got to them for some of them um, and some of them have been really um, big goals um, and dreams that people and families didn't think would come true so I think Jen's just going to start us off with one where we worked with um, one of our guys in one of our supported living services um, to reach his goals and dreams. So um, this, this individual was fanatical um, absolutely loves music and would attend a, a lot of events sort of like in the community, like music in the park. Um, has even gone to London Hyde Park, you know, to uh, I believe it's Radio One music in the park, mm-hmm. etc. But um, this individual was fanatical about share, um, absolutely loved share. And when we looked into it, because this individual likes to go to um, uh, concerts, etc., and we looked into it, unfortunately, share was not going to be touring no more sort of around the world. And Cher was um, going to be having her last concert in Las Vegas. So we thought, right, if, if this individual can't see Cher in, 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 his, you know, in England, then, you know, we'll make his dream come true. Um, and uh, this individual went to Vegas to see Cher um, in her last concert. So there was a, a lot of sort of like arranging and planning, you know, to obviously sort of like make this dream come through um, for this individual. Um, this individual had never flown before, so um, we implemented sort of like going to local airports um, to be familiar with that type of surrounding and sort of like the process. Um, this individual um, 
does have quite high um, support needs. So we needed sort of like extra support and facilities at, at the airport. So that was all arranged. Yeah, and his dream come true. He went to Vegas on holiday to see Cher and had an absolutely fantastic time. Yeah, and I, and I think that was really, really um, good. A lot of work went into that. Um, I think that's a, that's a really massive thing um, that we were able to do during that time. I think other things that we've done, we've got another service where we've had a lady who's lived there for 16 years now um, and wants to remain living there. During those 16 years, obviously, her health changed um, quite a lot. She needed different types of equipment. When she moved into that house, it wasn't set up for that type of equipment, for hoist, for anything. The staff, um, as well as working with local authority, managed to source how they could put in the equipment into the space it was, where they could put the ramps to um, in order this person to stay there and be able to spend the rest of her days as she wishes. Um, living in our home that has she's been there for the last 16 years so again that's a different thing working with local authority working with contractors to help do that but I think there's there's lots of ways of person centered so they're two quite big things I think other things that we used um, as well is a lot of assistive technology we've helped people become independent and we've got some services where they are set up, they are enablement, um, so their care package needs to be completely bespoke to them. We will do an assessment when they first move in um, and we will spend the first few weeks doing quite intense work with them. We will learn where their skills are, where they need help to develop, um, learn what they want out of the enablement service to move on. Um, we're very fortunate that we have got um, our success stories from them um, and we've had people move from the enablement service who are now living um, within their own homes in the community. Um, it's worked really well. We've put different things in, so we'll use Alexas and things like that, that that will tell somebody when they need to take their tablets or remind them that they may need to have a drink. It also enables them to make phone calls if they can't quite use um, the telephone because their telephones can be set up to that and they can just voice call through that. So we've got another um, um, individual in, in one of my services and this individual was um, sort of like quite, quite a shy um, young person, accepting stuff like that. And uh, his, his mobility, um, he needed um, quite a lot of assistance sort of like with mobility. Um, so, you know, staff were, you know, speaking with this individual to try and, you know, improve his confidence, accepting stuff like that, all around the things that he likes to do, which is French football, etc., and stuff like that. So um, it was uh, this individual, you know, uh, the staff thought about, uh, you know, with a mobility scooter, um, you know, sort of help. And, and and since, you know, with the support of that and, and, and getting the mobility scooter implemented, um, this this young individual has absolutely flourished. His, his confidence is now through the roof. It also um, enables him to go out independently if he so wishes. So it just gives him a lot more... 
um, the variety and, and scope to be able to do things that he would that he, he would like to do. Right, I think that then that brings us on to how has it been through COVID-19. Um, obviously, um, as you can tell from the stories, a lot of them were pre-COVID-19. What we've actually tried to do is still complete the person-centred approach with reviews with um, the people we support. We've come up with different ways where we use the Helen Anderson um, approach. We've both been here long enough to have done the original person um, <laughs> training um, back a while ago, and we've used that all the time. Obviously, during COVID, getting people into the room, discussing things um, hasn't been able to happen, but we've still managed to carry out some person-centred reviews um, to ensure that we are still working um, with all of our guys through the pandemic. So we've managed to do it with teams. We've managed to do it on phone calls. We've even done it with the pen and paper. People have written us reviews or they've written us letters um, to say how we've helped people. We've got a family member who's written how person-centred it was and how important that was to them during COVID. Um, unfortunately, they did get COVID, but the fact that the staff still made everything about that person they feel actually helped towards their recovery and being able to understand what the needs were. Um, we've managed to keep people in touch with all of their families, again, using technology, um, people we support who've got tablets and different things. We've learned and we've helped support the families as well, um, as not all of them are great with technology. So we've been able to set that up um, and help with that. The other things that we've also done um, throughout COVID as person-centred um, is we've really learned some new skills with some of our people we support. Um, lots of them around healthy eating um, and healthy lifestyles, promoting cooking because everybody's been home. Um, we've turned it into actually we've got more time to plan meals and to cook meals um, with some of our people as um, pre-COVID they were very very busy people and um, they were always out and about whether it was day services, clubs, meeting friends. Um, obviously that hasn't happened for the last 18 months so they've been doing things in. Um, we've got one gentleman who's lost um, an awful lot of weight and now very very interested in healthy eating, going out doing exercise um, and following things like that. Yeah, so this uh, individual that you were just talking about, um, who's lost a lot of weight, etc. and stuff like that, he is is so happy that he's lost the weight that actually he is encouraging his peers um, to um, do the same. So when he's gone back to day services, actually he's sharing his story to encourage other, enable others. Okay, so, so we've obviously talked about um, people's successes um, and what they've done. So how does that make you feel when people achieve their dreams and their goals or aspirations? It's a feeling that you, that you really can't describe. It's, it's an absolute amazing feeling when you see the individuals 
and like you know when they're chatting to you about what they've done and stuff like that and, and their facial expressions and, and their excitement of, of, of their achievement of what they've done say it be, it be a holiday I mean an achievement can be you know depending on the individual it can be a very small goal you know like maybe just being able to take their laundry back to their room and put it in their drawers to like some big goals you know like a, a lifetime holiday etc and stuff like that and it and it and it just makes you feel so proud, um, sort of like of that individual and the team, the team, because it is a team around that individual that are making these goals and aspirations and, and, and dreams sort of like come, come true. And it, it just does make you feel so, so proud that, you know, everybody working together and making things happen. So how about you? And how does that make you feel? I mean, you've got quite a lot of experience and uh, making things happen for a lot of individuals. Yeah, so I think um, it, it obviously makes you feel good and it makes you feel proud of them, um, makes me feel very proud of the teams that have obviously been the ones that have been working intensely with them um, to get that stage. Another example I've got in a service is we had a person come in, move in, was perfectly mobile, would open every door in the house, would never ever shut a door and we were always told that we would never ever get him to shut a door um, behind himself and actually with the staff going, come on, we need to shut this door, we need to shut this door, I just remember going into a service one day and watching him shut a door. And it was just so good to see that actually that little bit of independence, that little bit of improvement, just by how hard the actual team had worked together or being consistent um, to do that. So, I mean, yes, that's why we do the job. We do the job for those very reasons um, to make sure that we can we can fulfil um, our guys' life as much as we possibly can and make them as meaningful for them as we can. So, Tina, why is person-centred care so important? I think it is important that actually, especially in some of our supported living services, they live with other people, so it is important that everybody gets to fulfil their life everybody gets the support they want um so i know we work very hard in all of our services to make sure our staffing levels are around the people we support so that they can go out they can do shopping but actually they don't have to all do it together if they don't want to they can learn different skills Everybody who lives with everybody has different skills, they have different abilities, they have different aspirations in life, they want to learn different things. So the person-centred approach is about talking to that individual, working with that individual, getting that from them and then putting in their support to be able to fulfil that for that person. Um, it goes back to ensuring that obviously they've got a fulfilled life a good quality of life um, and they are doing the things that they want in life, not what their housemates want in life, not what other um, people around them may want um, from life. And it's also making sure that actually maybe we don't we don't always get to do everything that we want in life. I think that's, that's fair to say for all of us. But it's also about working with that person 
with the reasons why it may not be able to happen or it may take a bit longer, but it's about fulfilling their life, fulfilling their dreams um, and making sure that they're cared for, they're respected, everybody is treated with dignity and respect um, in a way that they um, want to be and just towards independent living. Jen, how about you? The most important person is that person at the centre of that plan. And I think that's, you know, what, what has to be focused on and, and, and is focused on, um, you know, by, by our support support teams and, and the tools and the great tools that we are given as well um, to enable person-centric support. But, but for me, really, what's so important about this is, is the individual, the individual empowering them, making them feel valued, listen to, um, can we achieve your goals, etc., and stuff like that. It's going to make somebody feel valued. It's going to make somebody, you know, give them confidence, etc. And ultimately, they're able to control what happens to them and etc. and stuff like that. Um, you know, that's what that, that means to me is actually that individual feeling, yeah, I'm being listened to. And, and we know, as we know, some individuals, you know, we are their voice. They're unable to have a voice. So that's it again, you know, makes them feel empowered, empowered and, and, and valued and respected. We've come to the end of the podcast today. I'm talking about um, person-centred care. Um, I hope you've enjoyed listening to us and about the different things that we do. Yes, thank you. Thank you for joining us. Um, you know, it's been... It gives you such a, it's given me such a lovely feeling actually to go over um, some of the, you know, great, you know, stories that, that we've had and, and, and what we have done, done for individuals. And, and there are so many and, you know, I think, it, you know, we're doing it day in and day out that, you know, sometimes it can be such a small, small thing or, or like a massive thing. And it, it just, it just is, is lovely to sort of like remembering those those things and current things that are, that are going on. Um, and I think our teams, like I said, are doing it day in and day out and don't actually realise the absolute amazing job that they are doing for our, for our individuals making their dreams come true. If you'd like to learn more about our exceptional person-centred care, please visit our website, voyagecare.com. Stay tuned for season two, which will be all about quality.